Hi everybody and welcome back to Time with the Risk Taker. This is Season 2, Episode 2. And today we have a very great guest, my great friend and the person that we're doing business a lot for a couple of years now, Michael Cohen. Excellent attitude, built a successful business, has so much to share. Michael Cohen from the DBL Center. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Uh, Michael, you are in a business that um, it's a family-owned business. Your father started this, your grandfather. How did you get into the DBL and the PFL part of the business? There's so much in insurance and taking such a nitty-gritty thing that people sometimes is so much foreseen and blowing it up to something so big. Share with us a little bit more how you did it and what got you into it. Sure. So, uh my father definitely started the business back in uh, the late 70s. He uh, stumbled into this. He actually wanted to be a dentist. Ironically enough, he got into a car accident on his way to Stony Brook's dental school. And uh, the individual that he got into the accident with was a life insurance salesman from Canada Life who said to my father, I hear the way you spoke to that police officer, and I understand that you're going to uh, Stony Brook's dental school, so you must have half a brain. I'm looking for an underwriter with a salesman's mouth. Why don't you come and work for me? You know, to which my father said, it sounds like a bribe. And he said, well, it's either that or I call your father and I tell him that it was your fault. And my dad goes, no, 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 don't, don't do that. You know, uh, I'll do whatever you want. He goes, so why don't you come and work for me? So uh, after a school semester, my uh, father was selling life insurance, not going to the dental school. And my grandfather one day found some cash in his room and said, what are you doing with the money? It's the 1960s. Are you selling marijuana? He's like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. He's like, well, what's going on? He's like, well, I, I found a job and I uh, got into this accident. I didn't tell you about. He goes, listen, stop right there. If you're good at it and you enjoy it, that's all I need to know. Now get the heck out of my house so I could raise your two younger sisters and be a grown adult. So he stumbled into the disability world because my father realized after selling life insurance, you're on a gerbil wheel. And he wanted a residual income stream and he wanted an annuity. So he stumbled into the short-term disability world. And then after meeting some people and learning that, he found out that you don't have to be a broker. There was something there called the wholesale general agency where you work for the brokers. And he began taking all the risks that he sold directly and giving it back to the brokers in exchange for block transfers so that he could begin to build his general agency. He unfortunately passed away in 2017. Oh, um, sorry for the loss. Unexpectedly on vacation with my mother. However, he uh, had the hindsight to tell me to get involved in 1998. He told me to get licensed. And I said, I can drive a car. And he said, I'm not talking about that kind of license. I said, The more you ask me to get insurance, the least I want to do it. He goes, I understand. I said, But if you really want me to do it and you're such a good life insurance salesman, Give me a reason as to why I should get into it. And his immediate response was, you're my only child. God forbid something happens to your mother. She wants nothing to do with it. Keep the commissions in the family. So 18 years old, before I go to college at Boston University, I get my life and health license. And uh, after doing a brief stint in film and television and marketing, I entered the family business full time uh, in 2004. 
Wow, that's impressive. I didn't know that story with the car the car accident that the, that person was a pretty good salesman. He sold themselves out of a lawsuit by yes. by, by convincing him. But your father got a great um um career path from that incident. So nothing is a coincidence, they say. Every, no, everything happens for a reason. You never know. I'm a very very firm believer of patience. Even though some things seem like it's going to be very bad today, it might take days. It might take months. Everything when one door closes another one opens believe me i've been through a lot in the last four and a half years since he's died trust me wow 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 that's that's awesome i didn't even know that um that part of the story or that you took over fully from your father in such a sudden moment and um we dealing with you on the disability side we only saw good positive results so it shows that you run a very successful and smooth operations well, i i appreciate that i mean one of the things i decided to do was i took my energy and i just put it right into the business uh, that's all i know how I, I, and you I, have positive energy you have great positive energy you can see it on a person you know some people give negative energy yeah, yeah. you give good positive energy that's why people like you well it, and i appreciate that it's it's more like basketball or sports i tell my kids all the time sometimes this in the, this business could be frustrating because if it was like baseball every day you go out and you hit that ball you should be getting better you should be getting better sometimes insurance you're at the mercy of the carriers of the state And it doesn't matter how good you are, you kind of hit a little bit of a roadblock. And when I get in those roadblocks, I start to think, what else can I do? So one of the things I did was I created a, a tracking software, which you guys are currently utilizing. And I'm always trying to be, um, you know, one step ahead of the insurance carriers. No offense to them, but people ask me all the time, who is your biggest competition? They think I'm going to say a general agency. It's the insurance company. <laughs> I agree with you 100% on that because the carriers, the big boys out there, they're all focusing on selling direct, buying people's data and doing so many other things. They just need to have us because number one, we have the relationships. Mm -hmm. Number one, we represent We, we, me and you, whom, whom do we really represent? Not the insurance company. We represent the clients. So we bring for the clients the right options. We need to make sure that the terms of the contracts of the insurance is correct. Mm -hmm. And uh, number three, certain um, rules and regulations based on state, it needs to be sold by a licensed um, retailer. So automatically, they're forced to use us in certain places. But this is why I feel like I am an old soul in this business, because I grew up in watching the business in the 80s and 90s. My father told me, Chaim, before he passed away, he said, man, the last 15 years of your business is a hell of a lot more tumultuous than my first 30. And that wow. was before the pandemic. That was before everything that's occurred over the last two years. I mean, there are a hell of a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on, not just on the retail level. I know. But it's very scary when it happens on the carrier level. And when carriers start to sell and merge, that's when I realized this game has changed. It has changed a lot, definitely. And um, you said something very good that you always one step ahead of the carriers and everyone. I also believe we built so much software technology. We're focusing on the future. And I believe anybody in any industry that's not adapting to technology and focusing on building for the future is going to lose. Well, so they'll, they'll die on the vine. 
you know, and exactly. that, that's another reason why you're seeing so many producers sell, because if they're 20 years our senior or they don't have next of kin involved, they're realizing, let me take the money while I can, because money's cheap. Interest rates are low and I'm 60 years old. How much more money am I going to make before I hit retirement age? Exactly. You said it right. And um, anybody that's focusing on the future, they they build and they do whatever you like-minded individuals like us are doing so they're ready for the next um, turn where things are heading and I in a way if that's a bold saying that I'm gonna say I tested a lot of big companies and I've studied how their infrastructure is running I believe Aon and Hub and these big boys they're not as much focused on building for the future where they're stuck in the moment and if they're not picking up game now People that are building technology and stuff like that, even they don't have the packets and the accounts that they have right now, the next of kin, the, the new generations, they have a different way of communicating. The millennials have a different way of talking. All these new generations have a different way of communicating. And if you're not communicating enough to all these communities, ethnicities, cultures, bi bilingual technology, certain platforms, utilizing certain um, social media platforms, if you're not utilizing all of this um, type of approaches, Technically, the new generation of business people and the new CEOs and the new operating officers and all these big um, facilities that they are um, ensuring right now or working right now, they don't have a, such a standing chance as the as the agencies and the companies that are focusing to adapt to the new culture. What, what do you think about that? No, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's a little bit more daunting. I think you and I have a lot more work. I kind of miss the old coffee table sales where my dad would go to a diner and shake a hand and he'd have a, a handshake, an application. Now you can't shake anybody's hand, God forbid, due to COVID. It's a exactly. different world, man. It's scary. It's harder. It's harder. I'll be 42 on Monday. And uh, God bless. You don't you look know, that age. <laughs> it, it's difficult. It, it's exhausting. I've got children that are in middle school and and uh, and elementary school, and I've realized that there's a point where you know if you keep reinvesting into your business, you'll plateau, and you will eventually say, "Well, how long is it going to take for me to make an ROI if I keep reinvesting, reinvesting?" I've been doing this for a while. My family's been doing this uh, for 45 years. You know, you get to a point where you realize if someone out there wants to throw a ton of money at you and help you scale. It's because they like you and they realize they found something in you. There's a time for everything, right? Uh, but that doesn't mean just because some of these people are selling because they're old. Some guys are selling my age because they realize, well, I've done enough in my inner circle. I need to be brought to the next level because otherwise you're in kind of a gerbil wheel, you know? Wow. Um, so it, it's good. It, it's a, uh, it's a lot of work that goes into it, but, uh, my fingertips are involved in a lot more than my father was doing. He didn't have to worry about social media, but now my, my reach is a lot farther than his was. Although I will right. tell you, he did go to Hawaii in 1986 to open up DBL in the Hawaiian islands. Wow. Wow. That's a bold move, especially back then. Yeah. And he kind of made it thinking out of the box. Well, he went, he wanted to go to California because they do have statutory disability coverage there, but uh, what he didn't realize was it's completely state controlled. So he gets to Los Angeles and he meets with an attorney in the insurance department who says, what are you doing here? He said, I'm here to sell your uh, SDI. And he's like, we can't do that. He's like, well, I don't understand what you're talking about. He goes, it's completely state controlled, kid. But you could go to Hawaii. So we gave him a one way ticket to Honolulu. And my father goes, why would you why are you sending me to Hawaii? Is someone going to murder me? He's like, no, listen, <laughs> it, they have it there. But do yourself a favor. 
if you can convince the Japanese to deal with a Jewish kid from Brooklyn, you'll be okay. Because <laughs> it was a cultural difference. That was his- you got you got to charm your way in. That's what he had to do, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because remember, in the 1980s, if my father was meeting with a guy that was 50, 60 years old, he uh, remembered World War II very well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so I know. He did have to culturally work his way in, and he ended up opening up the DBL my, Center. My, my grandparents, they died in their 90s. They survived the war. So my grandfather had the numbers on the hand. So he was like, I was around people. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about that. that like, like, but actually... I had two grandparents, so um, my my mother's grandparents, uh, my mother's father, the, the grandparents from my mother's side, mm-hmm. he never shared anything about the war. He only focused it, his focus was on, on a new beginning. He didn't want to bring any dark moments into the family. Sure. Like I believe that was his um, choice. That's why he did it as well. He had a wife and kids before the war as well. He lost yeah, them okay. all. Wow. And and he was an Auschwitz, the whole thing. My father's father, he was a teenager in the war. He was more like talking about the war and how he survived and like telling surviving stories as that that even in the darkest times, there's no such a thing of giving up, more like of this way of talking. But one wasn't talking at all. The other one was talking, but... Um, my, uh, my yeah. No, my wife was born in Poland. Oh, nice. Like oh. in a deep DP camps or stuff like that? Nah, just she, in no, Poland. No, just in Poland. But she ended up visiting when we went there the year before we got married. I said, if all of your family isn't planning on coming over here uh, for visa reasons, let's go over there first, have a little celebration. And we visited Auschwitz when we were there. Wow. Wow. You know what I somebody told me that if you can show proof that your grandparents moved over here my my grandparents that were living in Hungary and Romania like I have um from the roots from where it comes up if they came to this country only because of the war stuff like that mm-hmm. I think the embassy of you your Hungarian embassy places like that they must give you a a, a, a visa or something they oh yeah a, a res a, like a citizenship they must give it to you so some people went and claim it and um, now with COVID, certain restrictions are very tough to go to Europe and places like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, very they're much utilizing, so. They're utilizing their citizenships because the end of the game, if they look up like uh, one generation, two generations before, they were still living in Europe and, and, and that was their hometown. The only, way, only reason why they got kicked out of there was because of this unfortunate, such dark stories. So... Basically, I'm just saying, but this this country is a land of opportunity. It's a land of immigrants. And um, I always say, I, I, I miss the old days. When I say the old days, I'm still maybe young, but I have an well, old soul. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, you have an old soul like me. Sorry about the grandfather clock in the don't back. Worry, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't uh, worry. Well, talking about an old soul, the grandfather clock makes it happen. Yeah, yeah. actually, I, that, was, that, that was my grandparents right there. That was their clock. Oh, nice. So you're keeping, yeah. you're very traditional. Yes, exactly. And my family on my dad's side is a Greek and Spain, uh, Greek and Spanish. There's uh, uh, Sephardic. Wow, nice. So you have a lot of language going around, a lot of multilingual, very bilingual. My first language was actually Greek when I was growing up, but I had wow. since forgotten it. Yeah, very unique culture. Yes, yes. I've met. Uh, I, I've had the honor to work with some Greek people. They're great people. Yeah. Um, Americans are are one style, but people from different countries they bring certain attitude and ethics that um that that the average Americans 
don't have. You know, work ethics, some of the European cultures, some of the Latin cultures, they have a certain, the ones that are really working, they have a certain work ethic to push hard, especially kids from immigrants. Like, how do you see it? I was just going to tell you, my wife actually probably resonates more with my father's upbringing than my own. It's it's because of the culture and the fact that she came from Europe. She and my father were more on the same path. So I agree with that. Um, it's harder today. I think as a parent, it's very difficult today to try and instill the way I grow up because I tell my uh, family all the time, I say, to be, to be in your 40s now, like early 40s, you're still, I resonate with my grandparents' age and my parents' age and my parents' friends, right? So we all get along and we respect them, but I'm still the cool older nephew or uncle uh, to help my younger cousins do TikTok videos. So wow. it's, it's a really weird dynamic to be in the middle between both ages. And I feel like people between 40 and 43 feel that because no offense to anybody younger, seven years younger than me might as well be 70 is a very different mindset, I feel. Exactly, exactly. I always say I'm, a, I'm a old guy dressed in a young man's body. Yeah, yeah. I grew up around old people. That and and well, so did I. My grandmother had my dad at eighteen, so she was a very young grandma. I she's fifty years older than me. She's still alive. Wow. So I grew wow. up with all her friends, and there was a Jewish community that she was a part of called the Pashas, a Greek community. Nice. And I would hang out with them in Nassau County, and I was ten; they were sixty. Wow! Wow! That's amazing. This helps us a lot relating to in business to people from different ages. So we can we we were always walking the we were challenged to walk the fine line to to satisfy all ages. And that's I feel this helped me a lot. I wasn't afraid. Actually, felt very comfortable and confident to speak to people that are three times my age right in the beginning when I started. And I've gained um, the trust and uh, the integrity from people that are doing real, real big um, revenues a year, big um, corporate companies, they should um, allow us to represent them, to represent them with their insurance and risk management needs. Um, I believe you utilize that same skill set to relate to those people and not being afraid of um, ages. I always say age is a mindset. I have so much young people asking, how do you approach this guy? You just approach them. If you really believe that your product is beneficial to them, you reach out to them. They don't care how you look or how old you are. They can look on the product, and of course, they'll ask about you if your if your um, if you, your reputation uh, speaks for itself. But um, it's important to you focus know on my the product. Father, you know, my father used to say to me, he he would do a lot of talking to a lot of people, a lot, and my mom would get upset. She go, he doesn't shut his mouth. And he go, don't listen to your mother. You never know who you're going to talk to. Exactly. Something could come out of that. There's an opportunity around every corner. So he would just be nice to everybody. And before you knew it, he said to me, you know when I knew I made it? I go, when? He goes, you know when I knew I was successful? When people stopped asking for David Cohen, they started asking for the DBL Center when it became a brand. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Now, going over to the DBL Center. Mm-hmm. And by the way, one more point about being nice to everyone. My mother taught me you got to be nice to the CEO and to the janitor, to treat them with the same level of respect. So my mother told, told, told it to me because you got to be human. And I always take it out from a business lesson because I've seen companies walking in, new ventures, new ideas, new startups, and literally 18 to 24 mo- months later, they blew up into a huge operation. Oh, yeah. Big hedge funds got involved, stuff got involved. And guess what? We built up the lo- loyalty from the beginning. So just being nice, helping new businesses, even though, they have a, even though they have a lot of extra questions, 
just invest in your own people, invest in your own economy, invest in your own community, automatically you will be able to uh, have them when they're the big hotshots. You now, treat, we a, have, treat a one dollar application as if it's a million dollar application. And I, I agree. I agree with that. To and, show you. and what your mom said, my father would say the same thing. He would say to me, if you want to run the restaurant, don't be too proud to go and clean the bathroom. Wow. Wow. That's that, that, that's true. And the best leaders make people that start from bottoms up. Correct. So back to the DBL center and the brand, the DBL center. So let's first say we, we spoke about life insurance at the beginning where it started. Mm -hmm. um, let's just clarify for the audience, because I really want to bring it out in the next couple of minutes, the details about disability, PFL, stuff that people, I believe, are not so focused on. For some reason, um, everybody's busy paying these big premiums, the big numbers in the PNC industry, property and casualty for uh, for um, for their buildings, for their businesses, general liability, professional liability, malpractice, workers' comp. People are paying, we've seen numbers in the millions, in the mm -hmm. millions. Sure. Disability and PFL is usually the smallest policy from all. And a lot of times you take a company, we set them up from scratch, and we see they never even set up disability and they get caught up in in in, in penalties. They yeah. get caught up as well later on when they want to use it and employees come, hey, I want to claim disability. They just had a baby, maternity leave, certain things. I want to have the upgraded package. Why just 170, the state limit? Why not go to a regular normal plan? Sure. Why is it so unforeseen? Why do brokers, we made a full-fledged, we have a full team that focuses that every company should have the right disability, the knowledge, the education. Like why, why do you, what do you see? Why do even brokers not are so, we take sometimes over from brokers that are 30 years in the business. We take over a business. Why doesn't it have the they right disability on file? They don't know what to ask. They're not asking the right questions because they don't feel that there's enough money in it. And one of the things I feel that's made me successful is I know to ask, help people like you get in the door to ask the right questions. Everybody's asking about major medical workers comp, or maybe their personal lines. But right in the middle between that is that state-mandated short-term disability and paid family leave has blown that door wide open. Wow. And people are not asking the right questions, meaning to say they're Let only me... focusing to, buy, to, to sell the higher sticker items, which is a mandatory. Correct. But this is the same mandatory. So they're doing a disservice for not making sure that they're in compliance. So I believe so much pain opens up. When when a person learns, hey, I didn't have this right all along. Yeah. Why not be more proactive and take care of the nitty gritties? I look as an account as a relationship. Of course, yeah. we're in business. My my domain says .com, not .org. Yeah. But in order to stay in business, you got to give a full service. So you have someone spending X amount on all lines of business. You're setting them up by us. What we built is an automatic system that when you bind workers comp it's mm -hmm. followed up we bind the work the disability later because there's information that still needs to be gathered that's different than the workers comp i can confirm with the underwriting team why they set it up that way but sure. it's like a day or two later sometimes because um they need certain um employee records certain different things that they need for the workers comp it goes like after you bind the the, the workers comp comes the disability with the pfl and they have a whole nice write-up and brochure explaining everything mm -hmm. with the time to schedule a call to educate even more 
like um, if they want to go over plan, like they can click the schedule like to a calendar to, to get a call. You're unique. Not, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. But I wish everybody was that that way. But it, and that's not a bad thing. My job is to tell everybody, you know, uh, not not to you know indirectly help the competition, but everyone should really be using that to ask the right questions to get in the door. Uh, I get asked to give seminars to Mass Mutual or uh, New York Life clients all the time because they're like, how come I'm not getting the estate planner's ear? I said, if you want to manage somebody's money, you have to ask the right questions. They're not just going to cough up their savings account to you right away. But if you help save them something that maybe their 30-year-old broker relationship didn't do, you just got their ear. Exactly. I always say it's pain management. Where do you sell something? You check for supply and demand. How do you check supply and demand? You simply go and find where might there be pain? Where might there be unforeseen stuff? And we find that in disability, a lot of brokers are not focusing on it. Mm -hmm. And frankly speaking, a lot of clients don't even know what it is only when they need to get to use the product also, only when they get a penalty from the state saying, hey, you don't have this ability. So then we get involved. Oh, they call up other brokers. Hey, can you help us with that? And we help them. And number three, what mm-hmm. we need to do every year, even today with technology, if you have a CRM, you have stuff, it's simple. Write up a good up-to-date writing about the latest compliance of disability and make sure that everybody renews accordingly with their new employee count. So many people, they make one policy, but it's not updated accordingly. Male, female employees, different rates um, as well. New employees, new hires. Let's get everyone on the, pl- on the plan so you guys can get it c- accurately covered in a time of need, especially if somebody wants to use it to keep his staff happy. If you have female employees giving birth throughout the year, you can have the maternity leave and the paid family leave. The paid sick leave can help uh, as well. Our paid family can help the the, the 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 male employees bond with their children and still get paid. There's so much things behind well, this. There's a lot of nuances. And in fact, some of the things that you've touched upon is what my tracking software makes transparent, which you're, you, you could, you're familiar with. You know, I basically opened up the world of, I don't want to deal with that. It's an afterthought to making it very, very relevant. I know not to make a, a joke. Streamlined but- process. Rather create a process and procedure than making it nitty gritty. So what you think, what 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 mm-hmm. people think is nitty gritty, you streamlined in a smooth and easy process for brokers and clients' relationships. And Have I said it right? A hundred percent. And I kept I keep it simple, stupid. People ask me all the time, is it a bed admin system? I mean, no. Is it to track claims? No. I'm not a TPA. I'm not an enrollment system. I could do all of that. But I'm simply showing all of my brokers where their direct build policies are, especially in the PNC world, because they have no idea. So for many, many major PNC firms, I'm tracking all their direct build DBL policies. And guess what? It only might add up to nine, ten thousand, call it in commission and DBL with a lot of one to fifties, but that amount of money could add up to one worker's comp account that could cost you fifty thousand in commission. So exactly. I'm, I'm the conduit glue to helping your business's retention. Exactly. And I think you shared with us once, you, you control now how many disabilities are across the states? Uh, our total policies under management today are 26,000 policyholders through the brokerage community. We're 100% wholesale. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. And yeah. you have active relationships with how many brokers across the states? Oh, between maybe close to 1,500. We do a lot of life insurance. Wow. We do a lot of long-term disability when the short term ends. We do now paid family leave in Connecticut and Massachusetts because there are now leave uh, requirements there. 
And we also can do uh, absence management to track the management of employees when they're not at work or PTO. Wow. So you can, what, what, the absence management, that, 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 um, can you explain that? What do you mean if they're not at work, let's say, so if they take part-time off, they can still get something paid? We are giving a solution to, like, hospitals are a great example when if there are part-time employees that are taking intermittent leave, whether that's paid family leave, short-term disability, or even regular PTO, we can implement plans on a standalone basis. Most carriers require you have another product line like Life or LTD. We could do it purely standalone and tie it to the DBL. Usually wow. it's for risks over 50 employees. It's fairly larger because think about it. I'd say the worst, most difficult job today is probably an HR manager to keep up with all the legal compliance issues and leave. A hundred percent. How do you see the compliance from 2019 till today versus the decade before I think it changed like every oh yeah few weeks every few months the the, the amounts per how much you can claim went up or changed around over the last I think decade before it was let's say one set product this is what it was now there's so much things to keep up you come in every day in the office there's new rules and regulations from every individual state that you need to follow how, how do you keep track with all the latest news and learning it internally for your team, the compliance, how to, how to comply, and then educating brokers and making sure the brokers educate the clients because you come from the supply chain. It's You are the teacher for every single policy that's being sold all across because it comes from what you learn and how you so distribute the knowledge. Well, it's funny you say that because I tell people all the time that one of the hardest things about my job is I feel like the brokers are my children and how do I hug all of them at one time? You know, I don't feel like there's enough of me to consult or teach everybody. So as a result of that, I hired people from insurance carriers to work for me, but it's never going to be enough. One of the reasons I do that is uh, my blog distributions. I touch 77,000 agents between the tri-state of Massachusetts. You know, it's hard. It's, it's hard because I'm one removed. Uh, sometimes the insurance carriers muddy the water and they you have a sales rep, no offense to a newbie, but... They might just use the DBL as a loss leader because they want to write the other product lines and it's not being done correctly. So I have to kind of come in to uh, be the fixer, you know? Exactly. But, but again, I, I stay in my lane, Chaim. That's what I do best. So I don't think- And, and you're, do, you're doing good. You're doing good. Your lane, your lane has good directions. And the lane has gotten wow. filled. It's become now uh, one lane, two lane, three lane HOV when you start to add absence management, paid family. Exactly, exactly. But the the you, place is the very full. Wow, that's that's beautiful. I like that. You 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 you're very focused, and it's good. Yeah. Um, about um different cultures, communities, and ethnicities. I myself, for example, we have certain places we were we also were very big in selling the brand because a lot of people, different communities, they speak different languages. We have um Latin professionals. We speak now Hindu. We work. We're working to get even people that speak Mandarin to, to, to be able to sell better for the, uh, for the Asian American community. Um, we haven't, I have so many places that I don't even show my face because I know I'm not the right face. for yeah. It. Yeah. People want to relate with people of their own. And yeah. um, I look on it just like we are the, um, we, we're like the corporate brand that has all the resources for you and let the local rep, whether it's, uh, whether it's, uh, Michelle or, 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 or let's say Jason sell in his community mm -hmm. and the same thing, um, 
Mr. Rodriguez and his community. L- let them be the local sales rep from the main brand that has all the resources. Sure. I- I'm more involved in my co- in in my community or in places where people wanna directly they 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 wanna talk to me. But there's certain places where people are very focused on the facade and how you look or whatever. So oh. I try to give everyone what they like and um. No, I can relate to that. You know why? Because in the beginning, when my father, when I first started working in the business, I didn't want to tell anybody my last name, nothing to do with cultural. It was more because I didn't want anyone to treat me like I was David's son. I wanted to have my own independent lane. Exactly. It's you want to be, you want to be, you want to feel like you earned it, like you're yeah. worth your, 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 your title. And um, as well, we also do now, we're licensed and compliant all across the United States. And in the last two months, let's say in our real estate division, we have done almost 20,000 doors in Texas. Like so wow. many people, that, people that buy, let's say in the Southern States, we have done Kentucky, Arkansas, Texas, Georgia, Florida, um, Alabama. We have done all these places. We've done a ton of work over there. It's unlike New York. They buy like garden style, a lot of big mm. complexes. I'm just saying I got to see a lot of this. We, we're doing this for a couple of years now, but in the last couple of months, the the people that are buying started to go out of their comfort zone. Even investment groups here from New York are buying in other states. Mm. So I believe in the business section, you also see a lot picking up a lot on other states. Although New York, California, certain places like you mentioned mm-hmm. has the are more focused that it's mandatory disability. Certain states are not mandatory. Correct. It's optionable. But New York, the blue states usually are, mo- are, mo- are mostly mandatory. The red states are optional, but it's a product that it's important and mm-hmm. valuable for every vital solid operations has it. Um, and the states that are mandatory in New York and uh, the other, all the other states, well, well, to your point. you don't have a choice. You must have it. And now that it's a blue. Why, and why not? Why shouldn't it be managed right? Correct. And now that it's a blue administration over the next minimum three years, the paid family leave was they initially wanted to implement it on a federal level. So so it's on Biden's radar. It was also on Trump's radar. Uh, Paid family leave is potentially expanding into the Midwest and now maybe other blue states, but it'll catch on. It's a big deal. It is. It is. And that's what we need to do. We need to treat it like it's a big deal yeah. and let the audience know everybody that's is, this is individual clients, potential prospects, and as well, um, other friends in the industry, brokers. Use the door opener and, and be ahead of that curve because it will blow up. So my brokers right now, Hiram, that knew about New York, New Jersey, they're having very good success in Connecticut and and Mass. Why? Because they were already in it and they're just following state to state to state. And those are the brokers that are writing a lot of comp and a lot of major medical and a lot of life insurance. Because they're focusing on really servicing their clients, taking care of the nitty gritty, the pain, the places where people are looking away on stuff. We come in, we fix it. Like you say, you're the fixer. Automatically have the client's trust. You have you gain their confidence because you are worth it because you did things that others didn't and this is the thing what I want to make everyone aware whether if you're a broker or you are an individual person running a business make sure your disability PFL people don't even know what it is people don't even have their files they don't know what to look for it's so important it should be properly managed you don't have to manage it yourself but make sure you have a representative that does and the resources from Michael is available and it helps so many individual brokers and clients throughout the United States protecting their staff with the mandatory requirements and as well 
figuring out the right customized plans that will work even for your financial benefit. If you want to work out plans, how you can have them be paid while taking time off on maternity or paid family leave. If I, if I missed anything, Michael, add it on. And uh, Michael, where are we heading now in 2022? Where is the DBL Center going? What are the big plans? You always make big power moves. What yeah. is it? Where are we heading from here? Well, I uh, believe it or not, you would mention Florida and the South. We, uh, we started a worksite division that's up in Orange County, your neck of the woods, uh, because we feel that there's a very big focus now due to COVID. Uh, most people got away from the employers spending a lot of money to uh, it's a recession. We're still coming off the heels of COVID. I want to save a nickel or two. So I, uh, I've invested greatly into critical illness and accident coverage. Wow. Wow. That's cool. And, and it's smart because a lot of these places as well, you mentioned Florida, let's say take the area like certain areas that I have uh, seen in Tampa, certain areas that I've seen in other places, they're so underdeveloped, meaning to say there was no touched land over there and they're being fully developed into full-grown communities. Yep. So it, there's a, now a booming economy down in the state of Florida. The The local government is working out so much better plans for businesses to operate over there and they, they're always working and accommodating. So a lot of new existing and young businesses and um, new members are, are residing in those areas. So it's a place if you touch foot ground in these communities that there's not even a one representative there, you are the first or helping the local representatives sell and distribute the right products. I think there's a great potential. So that's a very smart choice. Yep. Um, we look forward. Um, everybody should have happy holidays all across. And as well, they should be able to have a strong strong vision and future for the 2022 let this year be full of success prosperity and kindness to each other make a good solid individual and business environment and uh, we, we we always are like you said in the beginning you're a big believer that everything happens for a reason i'll even add something that um, I'm, my grandmother used to say you don't get you don't get everybody gets a like a like a satchel that they need to carry that's their problem their set of problems you don't get anything that you cannot handle usually mm -hmm. if you got it if you got into that accident you got you can handle it so the way to accept things is you can play victim or you can be a survivor yeah. So, so you got into accident. Your father got into accident. Sure. He chose the right to survive. He could have complained, "Hey, you hit me. You this. It, it happened already. Now, what can we do now? Let's do some business." And that's what I like about that story. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's focus on business. There's so many communities. People's coming out. People coming out from places where yes, the education wasn't best. The the they have every reason why not to succeed they'll be right on paper but like they say you can't deposit excuses you no, need to right. take that hustle and put it into survival mode and focus to succeed because anybody and everybody can find a reason why they should not be successful please don't find that reason that's why i always ask people find the reason right. why yes for everyone everyone there's thousands no against you find that one yes and be 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 gullible just do it that's why I think salespeople, at least in my opinion, I really like athletes because of that inner drive to succeed. You know, I read a very good book by Kobe uh, on Kobe uh, Bryant, The Mama Mentality. 
you know, uh, or if you watch that documentary on Michael Jordan, these people have an inner drive. It's rarefied. And I'd like to say that my father did have it. And I'm glad that the apple didn't fall too far. And, and you have it too, my man. So good luck. Thank to you. you. I, Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I really do. And if Thank any, you. any questions whatsoever on where this paid leave is expanding, just give me a call. I'm, I like to tell people I'm the Jerry Maguire of the brokerage community. I'm the agent. Definitely. Agent, you know, definitely. I like that. I like your attitude. Keep on the positive success. Keep on the positive energy. And everybody, go check out www.thedblcenter.com. You'll find all the latest updates all the time about um, disability, paid family leave, and all of these things that we discussed and even more. You subscribe to his newsletters. You'll get constant information. And as well, if you're a broker, just schedule a call with Michael. He's a great guy to speak to. Insuranceholesaler.net, by the way. Just want to be correct that. It's actually insurance wholesaler. You say it. You say it. You say uh, it. It's triple W insurance wholesaler. You know what? I changed the DBL Center domain because I many, many years ago, because I felt like I was pigeonholing the product and we do more. So I was like, I'm gonna buy insurance wholesaler because that's exactly and it was available. And that's what we do, and that's what we are. We're an insurance wholesaler. You can also make that the old domain should reroute everyone to correct. the new domain. Correct. You're probably doing that. It's, <laughs> that's good. Definitely. Thank you so much, Michael. And we look forward, like I always say, we at Skyscraper Insurance share your vision for a better tomorrow. And um, it's always great speaking to you. I look forward to communicating shortly. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.